Thanks, man. It is uh, it is awesome to to be here. I don't know why they invited the five eight guy that was like ten years older than the rest of them out, but I just played a few minutes at a time. I, I, I think so. Uh, we got them in uh, in quick. Um, like you, like uh, like Logan said, um, uh, we are absolutely a cooperation with with one another. I love the fact we talk about this a lot as a church. Is I believe when you drive by any church, um, you should pray for that church. And uh, we're, in a, we're in a county with over 150,000 people. Um, and that's Canadian County. Um, you look just to the, the few miles, you know, we, we go, uh, I gotta get my directions right, east, right? Um, we also have a lot of people in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma County, right? So easily 200,000 people, um, not, not even 50,000 of those people are, attend church. So think about that. That's incredible. We're also in a, in a zip code that is one of the fastest growing, I believe it's the third fastest growing zip code in America. Would y'all have ever thought, some of y'all who have been around a while, would you ever have thought that about like Yukon, Mustang, you know, Bethany, I mean, all of that, it's just, it, it's just crazy. And so it's exciting to see uh, what God is doing all over. Um, I remember uh, Logan, I, I believe it was at Redbird. We, we always get coffee at Redbird. We actually did this week, but I think it was there when you first said that, that uh, God was calling you and Kelsey to, to, to possibly uh, plant a church. Um, that was man, a couple years ago. And then you had a whole year of time of prep and prayer and all that stuff. And so, so it's incredible to see what God is doing, um, uh, to see, especially in the midst of the summer, a crowd like this here is incredible and it's exciting. I encourage you to continue to invite people. I personally invited a friend to come to be a refuge church, uh, today. Um, and so everyone, that's why God has different, different places for people to be. But here's the thing, right? It's all about Jesus. That's what it comes down to. And here's the thing, we get to go around this community and tell people about Jesus. And it's awesome. I've known uh, the Keys for, for a while. Uh, me and Logan did a lot of youth ministry together. We were in Yukon schools, uh, helped start Campus Life uh, there. Uh, my wife also, she uh, would have been here today, but she is with my uh, daughter who's heading to college. Uh, so pray for me there in Dallas. Uh, my son just, his son crossed. My daughter's name is Tatum, by the way. My wife is Shannon. A uh, son named Cross, who's 16, he just started driving. So keep praying for me, right? And so um, we, uh, we need that. But my wife, uh, Shannon, uh, kept Clay, uh, their son, Clay Key. We like to call him Clay Key. Uh, and so my kids love them and love Clay. And so when I was telling them about coming to speak, they were, you know, bringing up the memories of Clay because Clay is just a trip. He is so fun. And uh, so, but he would always, there was a, there was a stretch of time. It may have continued where he'd always has a Sonic hat, Sonic the Hedgehog. You did not take that hat off. He would go from extreme joy to just this extreme, like he, he, we never saw, y'all may say, we never saw him throw a fit, but he would just go to like depression in like two seconds. Like, but, but the, the other thing about him is this extreme is, we would, you know, his mom Kelsey would pack his lunch and we'd get his lunch out and he'd open it and it'd be the same thing every single day. And he would go, yeah. And it's like, how do you go from this extreme to this? But it's just incredible. And uh, just, he's just so much fun. But it reminds me of Proverbs because in Proverbs, you see these little statements that are just these big extremes. It goes from one thing, like if you do this, you're just going to die right? If you do this, you're going to live. Um, it basically says, it's a little kinder than us. It's like, if you do this, you're just a complete idiot. Um, but if you do this, you're wise, right? And so when you look in Proverbs, um, it's essentially, there's four characters in Proverbs. You have the king, 
you have the son. Of course, the king is, is, is God. We have the son who, who's, who's Jesus that Proverbs points to. You have wisdom. So you got wisdom that is the Holy Spirit. With wisdom, we find life, we find hope, and we find success. And then there's the lack of wisdom, or what we might call folly, which leads to confusion, rebellion, and death. And it's really the satanic figure that we have. And so Proverbs is this essentially a fireside chat between the king and his son. And the content is, is telling us how we can find success by gaining wisdom and rejecting folly. As uh, my good friend Caleb um, spoke a couple weeks ago and, and taught us that right living flows out of a relationship with Christ. We don't just become righteous on our own. We become righteous through a relationship with Christ. And so as we look at Proverbs or any book of the Bible, it all points to Jesus. And so when you look at God's word, it's really important in this, is that we see that in a, in a section or a verse or a, even a chapter, it's, a, it's like a puzzle piece, all right? So uh, we've all, you know, made puzzles and stuff. And when you put a puzzle together, you always start with what on the puzzle? You got to start with the edges, right? You got to get the corners, you get the edges, you get this framework around. And then it gets a little harder. You're trying to find the piece. And what are you always referring to as you put the pieces together? The picture that's on the front of the box, right? Now, some of y'all are crazy and you get the puzzle that's like, there's no picture. Don't do that. That would be no fun. Uh, that was the worst part of COVID for me was putting puzzles together. It was awful. Um, but when you when you look at this and you look at the Bible, you're looking at the, the puzzle pieces, there's the, uh, uh, you're, you're looking at this picture, and that's a reminder as we look at this, is we're going to think about the big picture of God and who he is. So if you do want to open up your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Proverbs 13. We're going to land on 13, 12 and, and talk um, about that. But this is what it says in 13, 1. A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. Wise words will win you a good meal, but treacherous people have an appetite for violence. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Isn't that a wise word right there? Uh, Proverbs has a lot of things like that. Like just don't talk sometimes, right? Um, verse four, lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. What a great word. The godly hate lies. The wicked cause shame and disgrace. Godliness guards the path of the blameless, but the evil are misled by sin. Some who are poor pretend to be rich, and others who are rich pretend to be poor. The rich can pay a ransom for their lives, but the poor won't even get threatened. The life of the godly is full of light and joy, but the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. Again, you got this extreme. No, 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 verse 10, pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. Verse 11, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears Wealth from hard work grows over time. What a great word for us today. And then verse 12, it says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Let's pray. God, we love you and praise you, God. Lord, thank you for the worship today. Thank you for all that's happening here at Refuge. Lord, as we look into your word, look, I, I pray for every individual, whether they're coming here and they're searching they're not sure about their relationship with you or where they are in their relationship with you. Lord, I pray for the one who's here that um, maybe they serve every single week or part of the, the team here, God. And, and Lord, would, would today be a, be, be a day that you would just speak strongly to their heart, that you just remind them that they are your child.
that you're for them, that you're with them. And God, would you use your word today? May I be lesser and you be greater. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the word hope, that's what we're going to talk about today. So one of my favorite movies of all time is Shawshank Redemption. Anybody else? Shawshank Redemption, just a great movie. Anytime it is you're scrolling through and it's on, doesn't matter which part of the movie you're, you know, you're in, you, you just, you watch it. It's like Forrest Gump. It's like one of those movies uh, that you do. Um, or to show my maturity, Happy Gilmore. If it's on, we watch it too. So um, Adam Sandler, anybody? So uh, it's good, uh, good stuff. But in the movie, you basically have two main characters. You have Andy Dufresne and you have Red, right? And so uh, they're, they're in prison. The whole movie's uh, uh, about their life in prison and um, escape and all those kind of things. And so it's been around a while, so hopefully I'm not like ruining anything for you. Um, but in the middle of the movie, um, Andy, they, he's been in, they've been in prison for many, many years. And Andy is telling Red and he says, there's something inside that you cannot get to, that they cannot touch. It is yours. And Red says, what are you talking about? And Andy says, hope. But Red says this, let me tell you something. Hope is a dangerous thing, my friend. Hope can drive a man insane. See, that is hope that is deferred. Hope that, that we have, but we don't, that is never realized it, it is a dangerous thing and it can drive us insane. But at the end of the movie, Andy has a, escaped from prison and Red has finally gotten out of prison and he's reading a letter from Andy. And Andy writes in the letter, says this, Remember, Red, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. And I love that quote. And I want to take us to Scripture to look at this. See, hope is the one thing that we as human beings really cannot live without. The deepest part of our souls cry out for hope. Hope for what? Hope that it'll be okay. Hope that someday there will be justice. Hope that Someone is standing in our corner for us and with us. Hope that good will win out. Hope that it will all work out in the end. Hope that it will work out somehow, some way. So what is hope? I just have three things to talk about today that hope is. I believe number one is this. For those of us who know Jesus, hope is the manifestation of our belief that God is in control and will use all things for his purposes. Hope is the manifestation of our belief that God is in control and will work out all things for him. Romans 8, 28, it's a verse that many of us have used and many of us have talked about. And Romans 8, 28 says this, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I love Romans 8. If you have a chance today, go and read the chapter. It starts with no condemnation. It ends with no separation from God's love. And in the middle, all things are working together for God's good. But here's the important thing that we've got to understand uh, as believers is it's not saying that all things are good. Not all things in this life are good. We, we got to be careful when we see people go through things that, that we say, well, God has a plan and God has this. Well, I'm here to tell you God's plan is not death. God's plan is not disease. God's plan is not cancer. God's plan is not a loss of a job. God's plan is in all these things, but God does have a plan. God does have a purpose that will win out in the end. You see, we don't have to live in a spiritual fantasy land where we believe that if we trust Jesus and follow his ways, that everything's just going to work out. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be all good because it isn't all good. We're in a broken, messed up world. 
me and, uh, me and my wife, Shannon, uh, again, I told you we have two kids, 18 and 16. And uh, before our daughter was born, um, you know, a few years into, into our marriage, we had experienced what many of you have experienced. And we didn't, we didn't have trouble um, getting pregnant, but we had, we had uh, a lot of trouble staying pregnant. Um, we went through three miscarriages um, and, uh, and then Shannon was uh, pregnant for the fourth time and we got past that first trimester and it was like, oh, everything, everything is great. And we had a perfect, uh, perfect pregnancy and all those things. And the, um, the day our son Kendall was due, Shannon got up and she knew that something was wrong. And we went to the hospital and we knew that we, we, we found out that day on November 30th that our son Kendall had passed, um, go through the stillborn process and all of those things. And there, there is, uh, if you can only imagine it rocked my face considerably, um, for a really long time. Um, there was, I mean, how do you, how do you justify that? The, the questions of whys and all those things came and we went through all, all of that. Um, and in all that, God taught me through many things. Of course, we had our church family and we had our our, our, our small group, we had people and I had the Lord and all these scriptures that I'd read through all the years I believed and I'd preached. It was like, are, 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 are they real? Can I trust that? Can I trust that God does have a plan? And here's the thing that, that I've grown to understand in my life more and more that it's okay to question the wise. As a matter of fact, you're going to go through things and maybe you're going through something right now and you're just like, God, why? Why do people in, in our circumstance, why do people who don't even care, who, who don't, don't even want to have children, can have children, and the people that desperately want to cannot? And I don't know the answer to that. And there's so many questions we can have. And so I, I think the, the older I get, the more the why questions, I'm like, why does it, why'd that happen to those people? They don't deserve that, right? Why, why is that happening? But here's the thing. I think those questions are going to still be there in this life. But here's the thing, because of those whys, I've been able to stand firm and stand stronger and stronger on the fact that Jesus is the answer to the question. That we can stand firm because of relationship with Christ. And see, the deal is like, that is a moment of us that the hope was deferred somewhere. But I'm here to tell you that our son Kendall today is in heaven and he is with the Lord. And, and he is there and that, that doesn't, doesn't add anything to what we have here, but there is hope. And I don't know, I don't know when we get to heaven, if we're going to understand and we're going to immediately know all the answers, or I wonder if it's even going to matter because we're going to be standing face to face with Jesus. And it says in 2 Corinthians 4, it says, so we do not lose heart through our outer self is wasting away. Or though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. And as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things unseen, for the things that are seen are transient. That means they are fading. But the things that are unseen are eternal. They're eternal. My, um, uh, my, uh, my father-in-law, Shannon's father, he passed away two Christmases ago. He got a diagnosis five years ago of leukemia. And they said, you know, you may, you may have three years, you may have that. He, he didn't even have that. But I can remember a time in a, in a place where he was only one week from being put on hospice. And we were with the family. It was probably his last decent day where he could sit with us. And he got really tired and he went over here into the living room. And we were all talking and they always kind of had worship music going on. And without any sense that he was aware that we were aware of what he was doing, I look over and I forget what, which song is being played. And he is sitting there knowing that he is weeks from heaven 
and he's got his hand raised worshiping the Lord. That is because his hope was not in the moment of his circumstance, but his hope was that there was an eternity with Jesus. You see, hope is not something that in the times that we are struggling that, that we have to, to let go of. It's actually hope that sustains us. It's hope that we have because without hope, all is lost. Without hope, then it, it really is can drive us to a place that is not good when we don't have that hope. You see, why can we hope? Because if, at, if, if we know Christ, if we know Jesus, we can know that God is in control that he does hold all things in his hands, that we're not going to understand all the things of what happens on this earth, but we can have hope that he has a plan, that he has a purpose for our lives. You see, he says for, 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 uh, that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called to his purpose. Because here's the thing, is I know that things may not be here now, but there will be a day where every tear will be wiped away and to where there will be hope for all of eternity. And so that's the second thing I wanna tell you is this, is that what is hope? Hope really is Jesus. Jesus is the physical incarnate embodiment of hope. If you wanna know where hope comes from, you have to look to Jesus because hope really is, as Red said, a dangerous thing. Hope can be dangerous for those who sow fear and distress. Hope can be dangerous to the naysayers, to the skeptics, for those who want us to believe that there's nothing really in this life to live for. Hope can be dangerous for those who put our hope in success or money or the pursuit of the American dream. Hope can be dangerous for those who place our hope in relationships or family or marriage or just in our health. Hope can be dangerous for those who have put their hope in politics Look, you, you name this uncommon sense. If you're putting your hope in politics and the results of an election, I, I don't know what kind of sense you got, right? But isn't it crazy? We get so caught up in, in just the deal that we think, well, if, if this happens, all is going to work out okay, right? And we put our hope in something that is not Jesus. You see, hope is dangerous if you don't have someone to place your hope in. In Hebrews 1, it says this, that faith, is the assurance of things hoped for. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. But see, faith is only as good as the object you put your faith in. Right now, you place faith in the chair that you sat in, right? And you sat in it just believing it would hold you up. So here's the thing. You can have hope in a lot of things, but that hope is going to be deferred. That hope is going to not, uh, not, not come to fruition unless you put your hope in Christ. Again, in Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And I want to talk to you as I finish today about three trees in the Bible that it talks about, that there's a, there's a past hope, that we have a future hope that I've talked about, but I can tell you also today that there is a hope that you can have, that as we look at God's word and we look at Proverbs, we can see that there is hope. What's the past hope? Well, in Genesis 2, it says this, the Lord planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man with whom he had formed. Out of the ground, the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, here's the thing. When God designed and created this world, he created it perfect. There was no sin. There was no disease. There was no hurt. When he created man and woman, 
Um, he not only said that creation was good, but he said it was very good. Man and woman walked with God through the cool of the day. They had a perfect relationship. Perfect. But then sin crept in. There was a tree of life, but there was also a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And they were told not to eat of that tree, but, but they did. And as soon as they sinned against God, there was a separation. And they felt nakedness and they felt shame and they were separated from God. It's the same for us today that when we sin, we're separated from God. So, but there was a tree of life, but because of the separation between us and God, that tree was gone. But here's the thing. There was a tree in the past, but this tree is also there in the future. Check out Revelation 22. It says this, Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street. On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So when you look at Revelation, you see when you look at the end of the book, we see that God wins. There's a tree and it talks about a throne and it talks about this source of life that is coming from that throne because God is sitting on that throne. And there is a tree there that's bearing fruit that has leaves on it that will, that will never fall. And there's a, this tree that we will see and be a part of. And so we have past hope. There was, a, there was a tree of life in the past and there will be a tree of life for us in the future. See, what about today? Well, in Psalm chapter one, it says this, blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. D- directly talk, we go, go Psalms of Proverbs and Proverbs is the same idea that when we look to God's ways, we find life. When we go away from God's ways, we find death. But this is what it says about those who seek the Lord. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers. Isn't that good? When we seek the Lord's ways, even in this life in the present with this world full of brokenness and full of sin, that we can be like a tree of life, that, that um, the fruit in our life, to, that, that we bear fruit, that we have leaves that do not fall. And it's all because we place our faith and trust in Christ. You see, when me and Shannon went through this very difficult time in our lives, it's still 20 years later. We, we struggle and we go through grief and we have all that and we ask questions, why is Shannon wrote this verse on our mirror and it was on our mirror um, for uh, at least a year, maybe longer. Romans 15, 13, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. And may you overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In another translation, it says, may God the source of hope. You see, we have a God that is the source of our hope. And when we hope in him, we can find joy and we can find hope and we can find peace through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what I wanna encourage you in today. Hope is available. It's not a hope that makes untrue promises. It's not a fantasy. It's not make-believe intention. It's a real and lasting hope. Hope to what? Hope that God is still good. Hope that God does work all things for good. Hope that there is a purpose, that God doesn't waste our pain, that God doesn't waste the things we go through, 
but that he does have an eternal purpose. Hope that God is more intimately involved in our lives than we could ever know. A hope that even in your worst moment, as Joe talked about before, that God loves you. That God will meet you right where you are. And the great thing about God is he doesn't just leave us where we are, but he picks us up and he says, this is the way, walk in it. As Andy said in Shawshank Redemption, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. You see, make no mistake, hope is here no matter where you've been, no matter where you are, no matter what you've experienced. Why? Because hope isn't just a feeling. Hope isn't just something that's out there that we try to grab onto. Hope is found in a person, and it's found in Jesus Christ. Would you do me a favor? Would you, if you don't mind, would you just close your eyes and maybe bow your head in just a posture of prayer? And I want to encourage you in this. If in this moment, if you know for certain you have a relationship with Christ, with Jesus, would you begin to pray for someone here that may not know him? And so I want to encourage you in this. If, if, if you're in this room and there's no one looking around and I'm really the only one who, who can really see anything out there, if, if you're struggling, maybe you're not sure you have a relationship with Jesus. You're not sure that you have a hope that you can hold on to. If that's you, would you just real quickly just slip up your hand? You're not sure you have a relationship with Jesus. Now I want to ask a second question for those of us who know Christ. If you were to be really honest today, you'd be like me that there's been a struggle. Maybe you're going through something right now or there's maybe past stuff that's coming up or whatever, but you're struggling with finding hope in the circumstances of your life right now. With no look around, would you just just slip your hand up just real quick? Just slip it up. Thank you. Many of us. I think if, we're, if, we, if we could all be really, really honest, we'd probably all have our hand up because we're all struggling or we know someone who does. I want to encourage you in this. There's, there's hope found in Christ. If you don't know Jesus, the Bible says this, that if you confess your sin and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The Bible says it's as simply as crying out to God because someone who cries out to God knows that their only hope is in Christ. In this moment, you can say a prayer just simply like this to just say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. Jesus, save me today. And if you believe that with everything in your heart, then you have an eternal hope. And I want to encourage you, maybe you're like me and you're like, man, I've, I've been a Christian for a long time and I even teach and serve and do all these things, but man, life can be a struggle sometime. Is maybe today you need to just be, have a reminder that there is hope. And what you need to look to is you need to look to, number one, your relationship with Jesus. Just look to him. Be reminded of your salvation. In Psalm 51, David in desperation is crying out, saying, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Maybe the joy of your salvation needs to be restored today. Never, ever get over the awe of your salvation. Never get over that. And maybe today you just need some healing in your life. Maybe when we sing in a moment or maybe after we're done today is you need to just talk to someone and Maybe you just need to say, hey, I'm struggling. It doesn't have to be a big thing. But we see, we need Jesus. But we also, God has given us his people. You have Refuge Church. You have people right here that want to be there for you and encourage you and pray with you. 
And don't forget, we have God's word. Maybe you haven't opened up God's word for a while. Maybe you need to open it up to Psalm 46 and be reminded that he is our refuge and that he is our strength. God, we love you. We praise you, God. Lord, we are so grateful that you love us, that hope is found in you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to just be reminded to take a breath that you are in control. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.